Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Robert Deal and Kathy Long. Hey, Kat. Hey, Bob. How you guys doing today? We are good. We're good. All good. Just, just trying hey. to just trying to get over this freezing cold weather down here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Seventy-two degrees. <laughs> I. You know, it's been a nice day all day today. Is it over there like eighty? No, it's not eighty, but it was in the in the high sixties. It's kind of nice. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, it snowed a little bit earlier, and um, um, it was cold earlier. And I went outside to go get some stuff out of the car, and since since the sun went down, it, the temperature dropped dramatically. Um, what is it out there? It is 34 degrees in Seattle. Yikes. And Below yeah, freezing. It, uh, not quite. Got another two, another two, uh, two degrees, and it'll be freezing. But Wait, it was what, snowing. What? What is freezing? Thirty-two, I think. Thirty-two. I thought it was thirty. I thought it was uh-huh. thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. I, I would love for it to be thirty-seven degrees right about now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Thirty-five <laughs> degrees, it. please. I know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, we've got a great folks today. We're going to be talking about martial arts injuries and its after effects and treatments and and stuff like that, and, um, and how it affected your training or your life. And we want to hear you guys out there. Our phone So we want to hear from you. Okay. Our phone number is right down there. Or wait. There. <laughs> Over here. Somewhere. Three four seven. Somewhere. Seven zero six nine nine. All right. But again, the phone lines won't open until six thirty. If you called in, because uh, we have someone that has called in, uh, you can listen to the show. Uh, we won't be taking questions or anything like. Well, oh, you shouldn't say. So I'm usually be more excited, but what's all the heavy breathing? I don't. Oh, cat, is is your nose still stuffy? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's me. Well, then somebody's heavy breathing. We're all here. Did, you didn't hear it, but me and Bob did. Weird, weird folks. Weird. <clears throat> We should tell everyone that freaky story about the time we were on the phone and we heard the funky breathing and the and whatever that wonky voice said or whatever. Should we tell people that story? It's after Halloween, but 
Yeah, we should. Have been yeah, go ahead. Funny. I mean, yeah. freaky. It was freaky. It was freaky. So here's the story, folks. Kind of off subject for a while. But Kat and I were on the phone. I don't know what we were talking about. But our our reception started to get all wonky. And and uh, Kat started sounding like she was, like, underwater. And I was sounding like I was underwater. So somewhere in the wonky reception and the wonky audio, we both managed to agree to hang up. And one of us was going to call the other back. I forgot what it was. But we said, okay, let's hang up. And just before we hung up, we heard this. <laughs> something, something like that. I, th- I could have sworn it said get out. Did it say get out? Yeah, it was, it was really creepy. And I think it did say get it out. Was, yeah, it went because it, it sounded like this, folks. I'm going to do this in my mic. <laughs> And we hung up, and I, I flipped my lid. <laughs> I flipped my freaking lid. I was like, "What?" So I hung up. I was like, "What the fuck did I do this here?" So I called Cat back, and Cat goes, what "The hell was that?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know, but that was freaky." But I swear to God, folks, that's what we heard. That. What was that? Was that like Darth Vader meets Amityville Horror? Something like that, but no, dude, no. It was it was worse than that. It was like, it, it was like. Yeah, it was like something. some sort of weird growling. It was weird. Really? Yeah, it was wow. breathing and growling. It was like. <laughs> something like, and I swear. It was a lot like I, that. I freaking freaked. <laughs> it's like let's, let's let's cap hey let's have somebody caption that. Rusty needs coffee. <laughs> Rusty's hungry. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, then it would be like this. Feed me to see more. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, okay, so people have just now like clicked off of our off of our (laughs) broadcast all that. Who the hell are these weird people? You scared them. You scared them. Yeah, they don't want some <laughs> demonic creature coming on the line with us. No, no, no. And oh, uh, that I, would I, suck. I'm not going to get all demonic on everybody. <laughs> anyway, I am going to check to see how our handy dandy feed is going here on Facebook. In the meantime, let's go ahead and get started with birthdays. Who do you have on your docket for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? This is a good week. On November 6th, we have uh, Master Christine Bannon Rodriguez, uh, Sensei John Bain, uh, Bridget Streb Weitzel, uh, one of Don Baird's students, one of the Fab Five, a kicking, uh, kickboxing uh, MMA team down here, Nika Hadzik, uh, another one of uh, Don Baird's students, Bo Justice Borden, 
And one of Craig Carter's old students is now down in San Diego, Mike Dell. His birthday is on the 11th. Oh, nice. All right. I've got a few as well. i got to find my notes. My notes disappeared. <laughs> uh, I'm just... I'm just having a good old time here. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let me bring up my notes here. What's taking it so long to give me my notes? Give me my notes. Oh, Elaine says, you guys are cracking me up. I think I have a brain injury now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> George Crinnell. Hi there, brother. He says it's 34 degrees in Des Moines. And Des Moines, as in like Washington, or I oh Des Moines, Iowa? as in my I know as, as in Des Moines, Washington, because uh, I think his son lives out in Des Moines. Oh, okay. We got Robbie Lee watching, wow. Mags Heffer, Heffernan watching, Gary Hernandez, hello, Master Gary, and uh, Janie Larkin, and forty others already are watching. Forty others. Forty? Okay. No. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. It's right really? there. It's right on my notification, forty other people are watching. So Robbie, are you, are you wearing your glasses? Woohoo! No, I believe her. I am. Go right there. Go right there. You are wearing your glasses. Well, no, because I can't read when I'm wearing my glasses. <laughs> See, there probably just some other than forty. <laughs> we got all sorts of likes going on here. Likes coming, folks. We like nice. seeing those hearts. All right. So my birthdays um, today. Uh-huh. My former student Natasha O'Rourke Perry. It's her birthday today. Uh, on the sixth, my cousin Gloria Estacio and Rich Soltis out of Vegas are having birthdays. On the seventh, we've got Matt the Brain. Brain. His name? No joke. Matt Brain. He's a Dulce Potter's brother of mine. And uh, Pavel Hutlik. Uh, and on the ninth, we've got Matthew Stone and Kurt Magnuson. Uh, on 11-11, two birthdays, a uh, former Kajikembo classmate, Jeff Janicek, and a former student, Maria, Maria Coloroso. And that's it for me. What about you, Kat? Who do you have for birthdays? I have a longtime martial artist and, uh, and military veteran, Craig Lightfoot. That's, his birthday's on the 28th. And... I can't think of anybody else. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, for everyone having a birthday this week, this too is for you. Hola. You. It's your birthday. We're here to party and sing to you. He's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain from the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excellente. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Happy birthday, everybody. Get a great birthday week and don't party too hard. 
All right. <clears throat> Lady Lelaine Reed is watching, too. She says, I'm running out of battery. LOL. Sorry. I'll catch up again sometime. Hi, Lady. Dirty D. How you doing? Eric Curtis is also watching. How you doing, Eric? Um, and 40 others, apparently. <laughs> it says so. Oh, well, actually, now there's 11, 12. There's 12. But I don't know where the 40 others are watching. They probably just clicked it and went away when I started doing the demonic voices and stuff like that. So, so 10 live viewers at the moment. <clears throat> so let us move on to announcements. So, Bob, do you have any announcements on your end? I do. I just have one announcement. Well, a couple of things. You know, I went to uh, Joe Akimoto Day last night. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, saw his biography. It was great. Uh, Gerald's an amazing individual. Not just an amazing artist, actor, and stuntman. Just an amazing person. Nicest mm-hmm. guy he'd ever want to meet. Even though Black Belt names him the... What do they name him? Like, what, Do you remember? The meanest, the meanest man on earth is something like that because he's always scowling <laughs> for the camera because that, that, yeah. that's his thing, right? And right. you know the only picture him and I had on his collage together was me holding a mic underneath his mouth. That was it. <laughs> it was my hand and arm that they saw. Uh, so that was pretty cool. On the 2nd of December, we are having... A combination event at the Martial Arts History Museum at 2319 West Magnolia Boulevard in the city of Burbank. We are having Art Camacho and his book signing. We are going to be auctioning off uh, Art's memorabilia where the proceeds will go to the museum. We're having a potluck and year-end Christmas party. The first ever. That's on December nice. 22nd. Or, I'm sorry. December 2nd starting at 6 p.m. Uh, I'm going to miss it. God. Yeah. yeah. I miss all the cool stuff. But, but we're definitely the next not going to You're going to be here for the next one. December yes. 16th, we're having the second annual, well, second annual, it hasn't even been a full year yet, Martial Arts History Museum. I'm, I'm fighting on this. We're, I think we're going to call it a webathon because nobody donated on the phone last last. Telethon, we did great. We raised $7,000 for the museum. This time, we hope to raise even more. It's going to be on the 16th and 17th. We are going to be doing two 12-hour days. So come on down, join us, bring food. If we're there at 6, bring Starbucks. We're good with that. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's good. That is going to be fun. That's and you know I think it's going to be <clears throat> a little less. What's the word? A little less taxing than twenty-four yes. hours straight. Because I was starting to like not speak English, and that's the only language that I know. You were start, you were starting to hallucinate. <laughs> well, I get to be there on that one. Yay! Yay! Well, you don't get to see us hallucinate because I think I think when I knew I had to lay down. I forgot what we were doing. We were all sitting around talking about martial arts movies or something like that. And I kind of just felt myself drifting or slumping in the chair, kind of like this. And then somebody said on the comments, is Rusty fading? <laughs> and I went, oh, yes, yes, I am. I'm, And I left. And I, <laughs> I couldn't hold it together. <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> and let's see. I'm looking at the comments right now. John Lupo said, did somebody say food? And Robbie Lee said, don't forget the steak and lobster. I'm hungry. Rick Bear says, tacos? What, at the, at the telethon? You, if, you guys, if you guys want, like, steak and lobster and stuff like this for the telethon, bring it down, buddy. Bring, bring it. it down. <laughs> That's right. And we are looking for demo teams, comics, singers, magicians. We're looking for it all. Yes. So if you are interested in uh, presenting, like, a, a demonstration or a performance or and, – and it doesn't have to be martial arts related. I mean, last, last year we had musicians, we had singers, we had comedians, we had, um, we had demonstrations as well, um, we, and we had it, like, round the clock. In fact, I think our most popular uh, segment – was around four thirty in the morning, and that was four in the morning. Robert, yep, four thirty. Yeah, four or four thirty in the morning. That was Robert Redfeather's uh, Apache knife fighting segment. Oh my goodness, there were people from all over the world watching that. They were loving it, and I'm thinking it's four thirty in the yep. morning. But then I thought, you know, it's like twelve twelve thirty somewhere else in the world, right? And it's seven thirty on the East Coast, so it's not that bad, right? It's just that bad for us on the West Coast. So, <laughs> Janie says, uh, the need to cater it. Um, and uh, Lauren Hayden says, Catwoman is still my favorite. I don't, I'm not following the, I'm not following the the comments now. <laughs> I'm not following the thread. It's not making sense now. And uh, Dan says, hi, Ristita, you sound great tonight. Thanks, Dan. I think, uh, I think it's the uh, settings on, on my mixer now. So I uh, put a little more, put a little more of a high boost in there. So I don't sound yeah, so tinny. I have a response to Janie. Every time that- we say something like you need to, or this needs to happen, they say, this is your new job. You want to cater? <laughs> Guess what? Or Guess you what? want us to have yeah. another phone line put in? Guess what? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Stopped, but you know, I, my mouth doesn't open to save my life anymore because I'm not sure what they'll have me do if I do. <laughs> you know, but you know, it's a in a way, it's a blessing, Bob. Maybe because you know, we we managed to get all these cool opportunities to do events now because of you opening your mouth. I know, isn't that so, cool? Yes. That's yes. There you go. There you go. Now, speaking of one of the events that we covered. Um, this year, um, just lately, as a matter of fact, was the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame here in Seattle, Washington. And I, and, I, uh, I am so glad it was last weekend and not this weekend. Yeah. Because now it's snowing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, That's right. snowing is cool. Yeah, and it, it, it didn't stick, so it's all good. It didn't stick. But um, but yeah, it was a great event. Um, the Seattle event is um, a, a bit smaller than all the other ones, like you know, like in Texas or in New York, and um, you know the other big cities like that. But it's still a great time to get together and see a lot of uh, the Washington State people that uh, many of us only see once a year. It's like a family reunion. It's pretty cool. Now both Bob and Cat flew up for the Seattle event, so. 
Um, Bob, I'm going to start with you to kind of talk about it a little bit because, you know, earlier <clears throat> uh, while you were talking, I tried to open a thing of 7-Up and it exploded all over my desk. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Uh, and, it's, and it's all over the floor, too, so I need to get some okay. uh, paper towels. You're talking about about your your uh, your take on the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame last weekend. So, Mike's yours. Oh, it, you know, it was very cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed hanging out with Lori and 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 uh, Jim. And we interviewed Jim for oh my, you you were telling me it was about an hour and a half. We talked about the Martial Arts History Museum. The uh, USA uh, uh, Martial Arts uh, 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 I lost my wedding for a second but we talked about Jim Thomas's museum uh, we talked about the competition it was great because we had the seminars on Saturday the banquet for the Hall of Fame on Saturday night and then the tournament on Sunday I got to meet some people I've actually got on Facebook as friends I have never met before, and I may never see again. But it was really cool to 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 meet them and hang out and break bread together. And I was surprised because I just, I just came up rusty to support my friends and family and everything else. And at the last minute, I got the Pioneer Award last weekend, which was yeah. totally a surprise because, like we said. You know, you and I were discussing because you got surprised by an award as well, and they were I mean, actually because we're both, you know, we both and so Cat, we 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 all are. I mean, Cat's the only one that can see worth a damn out of the three of us, and they were actually <laughs> pointing our awards to us. Now you you got this big hint because Lori turned your award and then pointed at you. <laughs> and I had no idea. I was like, "What? You want me to get no away?" That's that's what I thought. You want me to give this one and away? Me, she just you know? pointed my award at me, so it was really cool. I was really, really thrilled by it. Uh, everybody was touched. Uh, I just got to meet some meet and hang out with some really cool people last week. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really it was really cool. Yay! What were you, what's your take on the uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, Cat? Well. Um, yeah, it was a small event. I, it would have been wonderful if there were more people showing up for the classes. But um, Amen. I think whoever did show it, yeah, you know, yeah, no. I don't mind teaching small groups. You know, I, I don't mind at all. But I had two full hours and only two people who only stayed for, you know, maybe 30 minutes of it, which was unfortunate. But yeah. um much like Bob was saying, there were some really, really wonderful people, especially um, the person who was responsible for uh, bringing you to the Hall of Fame in 2015. So, you know, it's just awesome awesome to meet really wonderful people and wonderful mm-hmm. martial artists at the same time. Because a lot of times, you know, I think the wonderful thing about Jim and Lori and what they do is they promote diversity. They promote uh, all exactly. styles. And it's not, you know, okay, we're only going to promote these styles because that's the styles that we like or we believe in or we think are worth a damn, but everybody. And that's the beautiful exactly. thing about it. Um, I agree. I agree. And, you know, 
I have to I have to put props out there to uh to Lori because you know she she's like the administrative wizard for for all of these events. Um she's the one that gets uh that that takes the nominations and processes the nominations and gets all the letters ready and and uh does the ordering and this and that and the other and and you know and, and Jim she puts runs the trophies around, together puts the trophies together and Jim runs around getting stuff and delivering and you know helping organize and you know these two together make just a just an incredible team and uh you know it's uh, no wonder why you know, this organization is over 40 years old. I don't remember how many years <laughs> it is. I know it's over 40, but uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, check it out. USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame dot com on uh, in your browser there. Um, now, I, I do want to mention something that uh, that you two had uh, briefly touched on, and that is the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame Museum. Now they they are putting together a museum in is it in Berlin, New Mexico? Yeah, it's in it's in Berlin. It is. Yes. Yeah. It's in Berlin. It's in Berlin, New Mexico, and what this museum is is it it honors and highlights all of the inductees of the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, all of them. So they all have their names in a special place or whatever. And what they're asking for is if you are an alumni or a recent inductee, um, to send in something to remember you by, be it uh, an old uniform or an old sash or belt or uh, maybe, I don't know, or maybe an award of some sort or, you know, uh, uh or if you're an actor or whatever, a, a, a movie poster. So something to remember you by, because their whole their whole thing is to to just pay homage to all of the inductees, and uh, they actually have a GoFundMe page um, to help the uh, to help it get off the ground. Um, Bob, do you do you know if they actually had a grand opening and we missed it, or are they waiting to do one? Do you know? No, that I don't know because of the transition between the old place and the new place. Yeah, because initially they were supposed to open in um, summer of this year, but uh, yeah, like you said, they had to move. You know, the old place to the new place and stuff like that. And they do have a GoFundMe page, and I am. Actually, it's really easy to remember, but I'm going to post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. It is www.gofundme.com backslash USAMAHOF. So the acronym for USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, USAMAHOF at GoFundMe. And um, their description on this is uh, the museum will hold all forms of memorabilia from all Hall of Famers, past and present. The museum is funded solely by the support of Hall of Famers and fundraisers from Hall of Fame events. Our mission is to preserve is to preserve the honor, integrity, and memories of our brothers and sisters in the martial arts. We all have our part in history. Let's keep it safe and allow others to be a part of what we hold close. 
Your donations are appreciated and needed. We are self-funded and need everyone's help to make this dream a reality. For validation of this account, call Lori at 505-315-9743 or Jim Thomas at 808-778-8768. So go check out their GoFundMe page. They have about $2,600. Um, already raised, and their goal is 25k. Um, <clears throat> so you know, feel free to donate now, and especially if you're a uh, alumni of the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Um, so donate, send in your stuff, and uh, it'll it'll be on display in the museum, and it's still yours. They're not going to take possession of it. If you want it back, you get it back. So there you go. Um, Robbie Lee says, what is the mailing address? That would really help right in my head. I work over, I work over a lot of different celebrities in my field of work. That way there would be very impressive for the museum. Um, the mailing address to the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is, um, darn it. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I don't have shoot. I don't have a mailing address right now, Robbie. But if you go to www.usamartialartshalloffame.com, they I think they do have a mailing address like at the bottom of their page, or they have a contact contact page with their mailing address. Please go check that out. Um, as I'm not on there yet, so there we go. All right, so uh, where are we at now? We are at, okay, that's that. All right, so that's our announcements. Let's hand the mic over to Kat. What uh, events or announcements going on on your end there, girl? Um, gosh, I just got done teaching a, a seminar at um, uh, Strength and Honor, in Rancho Cucamonga, and just what a wonderful group of people that I that I taught for and and had a chance to learn with, I should say. Um, uh, you know, nothing nothing else really going on at this point. You don't have any upcoming seminars. You don't have well, a boxing clinic coming year. up real soon. There you go. I do. It's. A, <laughs> <laughs> I do. In UCLA, I'll be teaching a boxing clinic. Nice. Now, how, there does, you go. That, how does that work, Kat? Are you doing it for one of the clubs inside the school, or what? No, it's actually for it's actually for students. Um, I believe history students who are studying boxing. Nice. So I'm going to go in and give them wow. a lesson on boxing so they get a better sense of, of what they're studying and what they're learning. Nice. Oh, damn, I was hoping it was open to every. I was hoping it was open to all students. Oh, you know, that would be awesome, but I don't think it is. Damn. I can look in on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll know before next <laughs> Sunday, so I'll find out. You should have you your daughter. You know, my daughter would never go for that. For, I know, but you know she'd never go for that. Of course not. My daughter's second year, second year at UCLA. Quote unquote. She doesn't oh, really? need it. The blah blah. <laughs> Sorry. I just have to put it up. She keeps telling me, yeah. 
you know, oh, I don't need it. Come on, folks. You know, I, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to put it this way, but never mind. I'm not, it'll just, that'll be a whole new show. That's going to be a whole new show about, you know, why white people are false. Security. It'll never happen to me. I live in a good neighborhood, and and UCLA is secure. And da 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 da. But yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. You know, they say well, if, if you don't attract that kind of uh, energy to you, it won't happen. But you know. Yeah, but yeah, like you know, yeah, we know. You know, there are opportunists out there and there are predators out there. And no matter how safe you think you are, folks, I'm talking to every teen girl out there and every young man out there, no matter how safe you think you are, violence happens. And, you know, I had so, a, I had a so where, the other day. Oh, right. oh uh-huh. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was so just going to say. Where I'm, is it on, on campus? Do you know yet? Uh, I don't, but I will get that information to you, Bob. I promise. Cool. Please do. Yeah. Okay. I will. Okay. 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 (laughs) You gonna force your daughter to go? (laughs) I can't, you know, but I'd love to. Yeah, I hear (laughs) you. I hear you. All right. Let's move on. Where are we at? I think we're at health news. Where's my health news? Where's my health news stinger? I don't know what happened. Oh, there it is. Health news. Well, oh, nope. Let's do it again. Here it is. Lost my stinger. All right. So this this story is all about why adults should lighten up and play also. Okay? It's not just a thing for kids anymore. So... What exactly, though, is play, quote-unquote? So, uh, according to CNN Health, in addition to being in the action of a game, play is defined as a, quote-unquote, recreational activity, especially the spontaneous activity of children, as well as the, quote-unquote, absence of serious or harmful intent and a move or series of moves calculated to arouse friend, friendly feelings. I guess that's the definition of play. Now, it's such a big thing that people want to hold it down and make it something small or childish or, you know, it's only for kids. But it's not small. In fact, it's very important, says Dr. Bowen White who is a physician and founding member of the National Institute for Play. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I have. Um, and it's an, it's an actual foundation. It's an actual organization, the National Institute for Play. And it's a nonprofit organization that supports research into the power of play. Now, he says that play is so deeply ingrained in terms of our own evolutionary drive to survive. He says, play helps us connect with other people because we are open in a way that allows them to feel maybe this sort of safe person to be with and maybe even fun to be around. So it's much more than just a game, he says. And for adults, it's not necessarily just an intimate partner time. It's a way of life. 
he says, that allows you to get your guard down and not be so serious, and as a result, connect better with others. Dr. White says, we all come into the world. Oh, go ahead. No, go on. It's all right. Oh, okay. Now, he says, we all come into the world knowing how to play, adding in that as adults, we shouldn't feel like we have to grow out of it. He says, play is essential to our health, he says. If you want to have a fun life, you can't have a fun life without a little play. Play should feel good, he said, adding that it has the opposite of um, opposite effect on the body as stress. Play often leads to laughter, which has been linked to decreased stress and inflammation and may improve vascular health. And there's another story attached to that, by the way, in case anyone wants to read that. He says your blood pressure goes down and you release dopamine. Now, as far as feeling good, play can also make you more productive. Now, what you get from the culture is work is important and more is better, um, says White, who consults with companies on creating healthy work environments. Adults instead should figure out how to have more fun doing your work. I mean, that would make sense, right? That would, be, that would be cool. I wish it was something like that when I was working in the corporate world. Now, people tend to perform better professionally when they're in a state of play, noting that playing with problems at work sparks creativity. And they're not talking about, you know, little games or anything like that, but in that state of play, that emotional and physical state of play of, of, of what you're you know feeling and stuff like that. Now, many companies are well aware of the power of fun to foster innovation. Google helped blaze the trail years ago when it set up playstations with ping pong, billiards, and foosball tables all over the main campus. The company offered free snacks and exercise classes and let hundreds of software engineers design their own desks and their own workstations. Google encouraged employees to play and collaborate, which said it helped with team building and cooperation. Working with professional sports teams, White has taught athletes to play easy, quote-unquote, rather than playing hard all the time, by easing up on a grip or holding their bodies a little more loosely. The best performances occur when they're, quote-unquote, playing easy. It's a metaphor, he says, for anyone who wants, who wants to accomplish a goal. Loosen up a little bit. Have fun, and you'll see progress. If you can figure out how to do that, you're going to be a lot happier and be more fun to work with. You'll be happier parents, a better spouse, and maybe even a better partner. Now, there's a little more to this article, and uh, but I don't want to take up too much time with it, so I'm going to post the whole article on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. So there we go with the with that. So now... You know, the dolly, the dolly... Oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I was just going to say that the Dalai Lama um, is somebody who is a huge proponent for for playing and being curious and childlike in that respect. Um, It makes a gigantic difference in in your peace of mind. It does. It does. And I wholeheartedly agree. I love to play. You know, I do too. You know, I'm... As someone who teaches kids, I, I, I see the, the importance of that state of play because, you know, I've, I've met too many instructors that are just so, like, like adamant about, oh, it's got to be old school puke on my floor and you better die on my floor and I don't care if you're eight years old and, 
you know, this kind of thing. <clears throat> you know, and that's all very well and good, you know, if you're going to be part of the military at the age of eight years old. But, you know, and, you know, there are some kids that can respond to that. But honestly, you know, everybody wants, you know, wants to be in that state, regardless of how, how they want to tell themselves it's old school and I'm the toughest school in town and junk like that. I mean, my kids, you know, I'm, and I'm not just, I'm just talking about my kids because I don't know of anyone else. And I know other teachers have experienced this. Your kids learn and retain a lot better if they're not acting, if they're not practicing out of fear, if they're not practicing in stress, if they're not practicing and, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many more benefits, you know, in at least with what we teach in, in martial arts, using that state of play and giving it a little bit of a, uh, and giving it that, that sense of benefit as opposed to, oh, it's just childish, they're just playing games, they're not learning martial arts. Come on, folks. You know, it's good for everybody. Anyway, so, <laughs> so there's that. There's my mic drop. So let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Let's move on to Weird, Weird news. news. All right, what do we got for Weird News? Well, this is a new one. You know how they're really pushing, you know, it's not okay to to drive or ride anything if if you're impaired at all. You know, bikes, people have been given DUIs for riding bikes, of course, mm. driving vehicles, boats, that sort of thing, right? Well, Here's a new one. Oh, shoot. It disappeared on me. Darn it. Oh, no. <laughs> My notes just closed. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, Lakeland, Florida. A Florida woman may have to pony up after police busted her for riding a horse down a busy highway while intoxicated. Polk County <laughs> police arrested 53-year-old Donna Byrne and charged her with drunk driving after multiple drivers Call nine one one to report a a a woman on a horse was hoofing it down the highway. Polk County <laughs> Sheriff's officials said a news release that someone called nine one one about a woman who appeared confused and possibly in danger. When deputies arrived, they found Byrne riding her horse in the road. Officer, uh, hey, when that happens, officers did a sobriety test and said she gave breath samples that registered blood alcohol level of 0.161, much higher than Florida's legal limit of 0.08. Ms. Byrne was obviously not in any condition to be on the road. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judge said in a news release, she not... She what? Bob? Uh Uh-oh. Bob? Did we lose him? Uh-oh. He's still Vic. He's still here. Well, but I'm I don't hear him. Though. I don't hear him. Uh-oh. Bob, got you. Bob, Bob. Well, I noticed sometimes Rusty, you were cutting in and out. So maybe, uh, maybe the cord's not put in all the way or something. Well, my cords are put in. I think it's just Skype. Oh, he he dropped. He did drop. So. Oh um, darn it. I'll have to. That was uh, weird. We'll see if he calls back. We'll see if he <laughs> calls wrong, back. Weird news. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a weird thing. So. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
So we'll just wait for him. So I guess what I can do in the meantime is read the rest of the weird news for him. <laughs> so, um, is he here? No, there he is. There he is. Let's bring his can mic Can you in. hear okay, me now? We can hear you. You just dropped I, off the face. Am of I back? Good. Okay. You are back. Please continue. Yay. Okay, so Ms. Byrne was obviously not in any condition to be on the road. Polk County <laughs> Sheriff Grady Judd said in a news release she did she not only put herself and her and the horse in danger, but also anyone who was driving on the road, which is a typical very busy road. Byrne was charged with DUI and animal neglect for endangering and failing to provide proper protection for the horse. Deputies took the horse to Polk County Sheriff's Animal Control Livestock Facility. She was booked into the Polk County Jail. It's unclear whether she retained an attorney. According to police, Byrne has a prior criminal history that includes five felonies and ten misdemeanor charges consisting of cruelty to animals, drug possession, probation violation, and criminal traffic. And carnal traffic? What? Criminal. Criminal traffic. Criminal traffic, okay. <laughs> so Joe Franklin writes, the horse did it, kicked the satellite. <laughs> oh, sure, blame it on the horse. That's right. I know, right? Well, I guess we we can say she ended up in the Polk County pokey. <laughs> oh, bad. Oh. <laughs> okay, I deserve that. That was pretty bad. All right. And let's hear what's going on in the world of entertainment. Bob okay, got yeah, You know, real recently... Real recently, we've lost some very famous, very, very big entertainment. Fats Domino, uh, Robert Guillaume. Uh, Now, this week, however, we lost somebody to suicide. Not a very famous actor, but he had a recurring recurring role on Veronica Mars. It's always very sad, very upsetting when somebody takes his own life, no matter what it is, no matter if they're a celebrity, no matter if they're not a celebrity. But, I lost my notes again. All right, <laughs> 10 a.m. Uh, the other day, law enforcement tells TMZ, this was Bufanda. Uh, the name on here. Well, this sucks. Law enforcement tells that Bufanda, which was on Veronica Mars, jumped off a building in L.A. Damn. And the transient found his body laying on the sidewalk around 1 a.m. Damn. Wednesday. Bufanda left a suicide note that was found on, a, on, uh, on or near his body, which gave the names of his parents along with a thank you to the people in his life. Bufanda's manager, wow. Christian Solem, tells us his suicide comes as a complete shock. Solem says the actor didn't struggle with substance abuse and never showed any outward signs of, of an emotional struggle. Other than his name, Brad Fonda, an actor best known for his role on Veronica Mars, has committed suicide, TMZ learned. A rep of Bufanda confirmed with, with uh, TMZ that the actor did commit suicide on Wednesday, 
but the details of his death are unclear. Brad had a recurring role as Felix Tubes on Veronica Mars during season one and two. He also appeared on other TV shows like CSI Miami, Malcolm in the Middle, Boston Public, and Days of Our Lives, and had a part in the 2004 film A Cinderella Story. That's sad. That really is. You know, it's interesting to hear that, you know, he had no outward signs of any kind of emotional struggle, no substance abuse yet. Something was definitely going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It could have been depression. You know, my, my, my brother-in-law took his own life from depression, and nobody knew it. His family, his wife, oh. his kids, he had no, oh, man. no outbursts, no, no nothing. It was, it was really a shock to everybody. Wow. That's, that's wild. John Lupo says, Fat Domino surprised me. He said he had no idea he was still alive. I, I didn't either. I thought he was gone yeah, for years. I thought he was gone. I, yeah, so did I. I yeah. thought he was gone for years. So, go figure. All right. Well, it yeah. is... And Robert Guillaume. I, I hadn't heard about Robert Guillaume in years either, but I didn't think he was dead. Yeah, I had no idea. No clue. We have uh, Master Clark Tang watching. How you doing, Sifu Clark? Uh, Melissa Alexander from BC. How you doing? Um, and Ted Mattingly from Hawaii is also watching. Aloha, Ted. Aloha from Seattle to you too, brother. Um, Joe Franklin says, I don't understand why people give up their one chance on Earth. We're only here once. I don't know. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I think... Well, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue. Uh, John Lupo says that's called the Mandela effect. Like when you think something happens and, and you're sure of something that happened and it's not and this and that and the other. So it's called the Mandela effect. So if you're, if you've never heard of that, Google it, folks. All right, let's Wait, do this. You... We're gonna... What's that? Wait, if you think something happened... And it didn't? That's the Mandela yeah. effect? Something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look into it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, so Ted, send over some of that Hawaii sunshine over here to Seattle because it's mother freaking cold over here. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, but don't bother about LA because we're warm enough. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you, did, you know, I almost swore you flipped me off on Facebook Live. <laughs> no, I, you know, it was, if you watch very carefully, I cup my microphone and I don't flip you off. I'm mainly just putting more awareness on my middle finger. <laughs> ah, I see you're telling me I'm number one. That's right. Number one. <laughs> anyway, let's do this. It is 6.50, and we're running a little bit behind on opening the phone lines. So don't go away, folks. We're just going to take a short little break, open up the phone lines, and you can call us at 347-677-0699. And we're going to talk about martial arts injuries, its after effects, and how you treated it, and how it affected your lifestyle or your training afterwards, and, and stuff like that. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children. 
troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Okie dokie, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita, Robert, and Kat. And our discussion is... <laughs> and our discussion is about how Rusty should learn to talk. But our discussion subject today... Blah, <laughs> It's about martial arts injuries and uh, how, it's affected, <laughs> how it's affected you and, and your lifestyle, how you treated it, how you healed from it, and all that kind of stuff. And we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 
877-677-0699. Or if you feel like typing a lot, go ahead and type down in the comments below. <clears throat> um, now, let's. Uh, b- uh, while we're at it, Kat, earlier you were asking about the Mandela effect. John Lupo actually posted a explanation of um, what it is. Um, he says it comes from Nelson Mandela, and it's about how a lot of people believe that he died back in the 80s, and a lot of people swore that there was news reports of Nelson Mandela dying, but he didn't. So somehow, some way, people all somehow believed that Nelson Mandela was dead when, in fact, he wasn't. And uh, John um, also writes that he had his own Mandela moment. He said, a person came to one of my jobs, and they swear that I had a tiff with them um, when they worked with me before, but no one remembered them working at that store. Go figure. Um, yeah, that's George weird. Says, and George says, Mandela effect or false memory syndrome? I would say that... Oh, just noticed that my... Uh, there's like wires like popping out of my uh out of my charger here. That's not good. Why are wires pop popping out of my charger? That's not good. Anyway, <clears throat> um I don't know if it's the same thing cuz false memory syndrome can or direct can directly sometimes be um related to a specific experience as opposed to just hearing about it or, you know, having some weird, you know, deja vu type of thing. But anyway, anyway, back to our subject. Give us a call, 347-677-0699. When you want to actually talk with us live, please press 1 on your telephone keypad so that way we know you want to be on with us. Okay, otherwise, if you call in, you can listen to the show, and many people do. Many people do listen to the show, and that's all they do um, when they're not near a computer. <clears throat> but if you want to talk with us live, please press 1. That'll put you in our call queue. Um, you know, Rusty, before, before we go on and talk about that, uh, I would like to talk about next week's show just briefly because we may forget by the end of the show and we did not touch yeah. on this. Yeah, we had not. And, you know, I, I, I was just going to say something about that. But, yes, please, go ahead. Well... Now, I reminded you last week at the USA Hall of Fame, and it's come up a couple times this week, that next week is our fifth anniversary of doing the show. That's right. Five years. Five years. years. Five years to keep a podcast going. Um, Yeah, five years. And that's uh, that's a big thing. And um, Bob and I and Kat want to thank Michael Matsuda of the Martial Arts History Museum for for, uh, putting out a, a beautiful video sending us all a shout out for five years on the air thank you so much michael well appreciated um but yeah you know it's been a it's been an interesting five years we've gone through several renaissances and and uh stuff like that and uh we just look forward to it did you hear his analogy it was funny his analogy was actually really cool that you know, he sends out flyers and postcards for Dragon Fest every year, and he always right. gets a couple of them back because the place oh. is closed down. 
Oh. You know, it's really interesting that, that martial arts schools come and go, and I'm sorry to say that, but they do. And we've been yeah. around for five years. Yes. Yeah. And we've gone through guests and, and, and co-hosts. And it, it's yeah. been amazing. It's been an, it has been an amazing ride, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to 2018. We've got uh, all sorts of great stuff happening in 2018. Um, don't we have something? We have something... Not only the telethon, but I think we have something with Dave Mozak happening. We have right? something. And I, I want to know what we're doing. I still have no clue <laughs> on what we're doing, but we're doing something in San Diego in March. That's yeah, all that's I know. All, he, I, I saw I a mean. flyer up at the USA Hall of Fame with his net. You don't know any more than I do. Yeah. I thought you knew no more. <laughs> no, we we saw a flyer for the event up in uh, up in Seattle, and it had our logo on it. I'm going, this is nice. What the hell is it? This is, yeah, <laughs> this is no nice. Clue. What are we doing? Yeah, what are we what are we doing? So I think, from what I remember, we were supposed to be teaching and and covering the event. I think, but I don't know. Good. I know what I know what I want. I know what I want to teach. I think we should teach together, and I think we should do a blending the arts class together. Yeah, that's I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I think Kat should come up. <laughs> we should we should really find out from Dave. <laughs> Dave, so oh, yeah, what are we doing? What are your plans for us? We should, yeah, we should find out from Dave what, what? we're actually doing. They're just assuming that we're I teaching. I definitely plan on coming up, and I'd love to help. Yeah, right on, right on. See, and folks, that was another cool thing that happened this year. We added Kat as a permanent co-host as opposed to being a periodic guest so there you go so we've gone through a lot of uh, a lot of changes over the last five years and um, there's going to be more and uh, starting next year it's going to be a lot more events and uh, lots more fun stuff going to be going to be well, great but you know what's re- you know what's really cool rusty is that remember we at at first we were having problems getting guests there or we had guests blowing us off Right. And there are some people I'll never ask to be a guest again because they completely blew us off, wouldn't answer their phone, and it made the show very hard to finish, right? But now right. we've yeah. got major organizations like USA Hall of Fame, Masters Hall of Fame, uh, Bob White's Tournament, uh, Battle for Blood, uh, Gathering of Champions, Champions, Dragon Fest, are all asking us to be there. Yeah, we don't have to beg anymore. <laughs> They're coming after us without an ego trip, but that's what's cool about it now is that yeah, they're asking us, and we're glad to do it. We don't charge for it. We travel for free, and we just do it for the love of the arts. Definitely, uh, Spidey Morris just uh, just uh, uh, popped in, and he says, "Hope to see you guys at USA MAHOF in Jamaica, uh, Jamaica, no. New York." <laughs> no. Not that not not the Jamaica uh, U.S. team thing, but Jamaica New York in March. Adding any, any adding cat <laughs> was awesome. Um, yeah, it's great to have the uh, instead of the dynamic duo, it's now the terrific trio. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, so now there's two people down in Cali to cover stuff, and I can't come down. How cool is that? Um, but yeah, I, you know, you know what, Spidey, I would love to come out to New York in March. I just don't know. I I just don't know if I can. Um, 
Yeah, because we'll you're, you're already coming down to California. Yeah, in in well December and then in March. Um, in March. In March. In March, and yeah, I think I don't know when the when the event is. <laughs> so, you know, I should look I, on my phone because you know i i took a I took a picture of the flyer last weekend and posted it. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's post it because I I don't even know what the date is for that. So I don't you know the date. I was going to ask you. Bob would know better than I would what the date would be. I, I, don't, I know. don't know squat. You know that I'm a guy. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was only asking because March fourth, I'm going to be competing in a Spartan race. Nice. What 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 is that? What is that, cat? It's a bad. Oh, the Spartan race? race. It's like a. Yeah. It's like it's like the mud run or a tough mudder on steroids. Yeah. Really? Ooh. This will be a, yeah, this will be yeah. a, a short run for three to five miles and it's at least 23 obstacles, wall climbs, um, crawling under. I mean, you name it, they got it. So it's kind of cool. I've done a tough wow. mud run and a mud run, so what the heck? Why not? <laughs> I've, I've, I've only done Susan B. Komen uh, run for the cure. Runs for the cure, and that's it. I've never done any of the obstacle runs or anything like that. Only oh, there's only so much fun. It's like a, it's like a gigantic playground. I love it. Ah, uh, well, if I wanted to go do something like that, I would have to take my team, and we'd have to train, 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 train. Yeah, Cross country obstacle. <laughs> awesome. That's what Joe says. All right. Um, David is waving at me. Okay. Well. Hi, David. All right, let's talk about let's talk about injuries, injuries, and uh, what 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 kind, what type of injuries have happened to you? We want to hear from you. Give us a call, physical call on the phone, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Let me say that number again, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. In fact, here's the number right here, three four seven six seven seven. 0699 right down there I'm going to leave this up so No one can ask me Which number again I lost it it's going to be right down here <laughs> Okay So who wants to start with Injuries here what about you Bob let's start with Bob <laughs> I was hoping you were going to start with Kat Because she's had way more than I have <laughs> uh, The biggest injuries I've had Are hyperextension Where I've had an injury for years and I was working out with somebody in Chinatown, hitting the pads. I was launching the right cross when the instructor clicked the sticks together to stop, and he dropped the pads. And my arm went, snap! Oh, oh it hurt for, for months. Uh, and, and, of course, mocking wire training, bruised knuckles, cut-up knuckles, uh, banged-up shins, the normal stuff, not like what, what Kat's ever gone through. <laughs> Robbie says, what's the number again? I lost it. Very funny, Robbie. <laughs> Very funny. Now, I don't Aaron know, Robert, Huey. I think, I think, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Erin Huey um, had written in and she said, you know, some of those types of races, like the Spartan races, have very interesting injuries. And I wrote, what kind of injuries? So let's hear back from Aaron. We're going to hear back from Aaron here in a few minutes, I think. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rut row. I don't think Not it could rough. be anything worse than what I've already ha- what already had happened to me. But I think 
I think, Bob, that Rusty has probably had far worse injuries than I have. I don't know okay, about let's, that. Th- you know what this would be called if two guys were going at it like this? I don't want to say, but this is what it would be called. <laughs> it would be a dick what? measuring contest. It would be a dick measuring yes. contest. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, so let's do this. That. Let's just I'm bowing down because I know Rusty had a really severe back injury in the middle of a competition. Yes, very. And, and then and then won the competition with a severe back Isn't injury. Isn't that amazing? So jacked herself up and still won. It, right. And there's there's no talking that. I'm not trying to yeah, I wouldn't even bother trying. I mean, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was, Bob, was a, a jack up thing, but I'll I'll tell people about that after we're after we're done with cat. <laughs> <So. laughs> My God, um, that, okay. That get. Where do I start? I know, right? See, see. <laughs> All right. I mean, multiple broken bones, and I think one of the worst ones was breaking my ribs just before my first world title fight and okay see I mean, that, they were just that, that's just about as, as bad as as like injuring back and not feeling your hands and feet that's about as bad uh, you can like I punch your thing i don't think it's a, you're right i could i could have if she had hit me if, if that if my opponent had hit me in the ribs in that same spot yeah i mean when I got kicked in the ribs in the front, in the left front, the compression was so severe that they broke in the back. They didn't break in the front. They broke wow. in the back. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Holy crap. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know what I can reference that to, Kat? That's like somebody breaking, breaking bricks, hitting the top brick, and the last one breaking. Right? There you That's go. Crazy. That's what happened. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Concussive energy transference. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Two two broken ribs, and I had a fight in two weeks. Damn. Oh crap. Yeah, or basically ten days. So you know, I I this was in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, where they had open workouts, so people could come and watch you work out, and then decide how they wanted to bet on you. If they, right. depending on how you went down in front of them. And, you know, with broken ribs and my ribs taped and big old baggy T-shirts on, you know, I couldn't tell anybody. So, you know, I just would barely touch the bag. I could barely move or breathe for that matter. And yeah. I just faked it. The, the But during the fight, I felt no pain whatsoever. I had so much adrenaline pumping through me, I felt nothing. I mean, as far as pain was concerned, I felt no pain. All I noticed was that, you know, it's a little difficult to breathe. Um, but I was used to that because I spent years having asthma and sinus infections. And, you know, <laughs> I spent years not being able to breathe and function just fine, um, which is not good. Dang. But, yeah, <laughs> I think I one of the most telling moments. Yeah. You get used to things. Yeah. Your body's pretty resilient. You know, you know, you just learn to adapt. And and deal with it, but I think the the defining moment was after the fight was over. 
the doctor had to come and check you out because I had a world title fight scheduled 30 days later in Nevada. And in the Mm -hmm. state of Nevada, you could not have a title fight within 30 days of each other. It had to be 45 days. And in order for them to, to bypass that, you had, the doctor had to come and check you out and make sure you were perfectly fine to compete in 30 days for another world title fight. So wow. I'm sitting there in the dressing room, and I just said, look, guys, keep your eyes out on the window and, and look for the doctor. When he's coming, let me know. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I can barely move. I can't breathe. I can't move. I'm screwed, right? Oh, man. So they said, uh-huh. oh, he's coming. He's coming. So I sit up straight. Doctor walks in. He goes, how you feeling? And I sat up, and I looked at him, and I smiled, and I, I patted my ribs in the front like that really hard. And I said, uh-huh. I feel great. And oh, I said damn. with perfect breath, <laughs> 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 He walks up to me, he grabs my hands, he looks at my hands. He goes, oh, okay, no puffiness there. He saw a little bit of puffiness on my cheekbone. He checked it out. He goes, oh, no breaks here. And he checked my eyes and my ears. He checked my heart. He checked my blood pressure. Then he goes, any other injuries? Do you have any injuries at all? I said, nope. No, okay, you're good to fight next month. Thank you. Turned around, walked out. As soon as the door shut, I slumped over. And went right back to not being able to breathe again. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, <laughs> it's amazing what the mind does when you know you have to be on. You know what I mean? That's just it. The mind is in complete control. It's amazing <laughs> what the, what you can do with your mind and what your mind That's will right. tell your body to do if, if it listens. Well, and it will listen. You just have to mm-hmm. be, your will has to be strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it's it, so it is no way amazing. going to miss that second fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. is amazing. Have you have you? That's happened to you at least a few times, right, Bob? I mean, you've done demos yeah. and probably you get whack in the hand or whatever, or whatever. Oh, whatever. I had I one. This guy had like no control. This guy took me down and slapped me in the face. Okay. <laughs> he slapped me in the face. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my lord. Have oh you been my. drinking? <laughs> During a double, he goes, bang! And I couldn't help it. It was one of my older friends. So it was hilarious. Oh, my oh. I've got a story yeah, about, I've done like, demos. I've done knife and stuff like that. But, yeah, same thing. But not as yeah. severe, of course, as you guys. Just, well, i got to tell you about one of my uh, uh, previous students, um, Lisa, she did a. She was doing a demonstration of um, Filipino Filipino stick fighting, and um, I was I was away from the stage, and I was talking with somebody. I don't remember if it was a student or a or a uh, 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 an audience member, but <clears throat> one of the other students put her in a in a compound compression, and um, okay. with the so basically it was a compression on the wrist but it had also turned into um almost like a gooseneck but it was um it was backwards and it was using the stick instead of your hand and anyway it's a cool it's a cool lockup and if you if you sweep then the the angle of your the angle of your elbow is in such a way that it just it just you know you can't you can't 
fall out of it in time before something breaks. Well, anyway, Lisa got thrown with this, and then she gets up, and she kind of, her eyes kind of get a little glassy, you know, like that look just before you pass out. Yeah. And she picks up her stick and still keeps doing her thing, but I notice that she's moving kind of funny, right? I'm like, why is she moving kind of, what's going on, right? Well, it turns out she broke her arm. She broke her oh, arm. Oh, man, not worse when she fell. And she got up and knew that she had broken her arm. She she described the pain as, you know, she said it was just the worst pain she ever felt. But, you know, nothing. I know that pain. Yeah, she just thought, oh, my God, you know, somebody just cut off my arm right now because it hurt less. And But she finished the demonstration. That working the rest of the demonstration, holding her stick in the arm, she broke. Yeah, and that's yeah, how the mind works. And I was like, <laughs> Pretty "Holy awesome. crap!" And she comes up to me and goes, "Sifu, I think I broke my arm." I'm like, "What do you mean you broke your arm? <laughs> what? What?" She's like, "I think I broke my arm," and she showed me her arm, and her and her forearm was all like swollen and gross, and just I'm like, "Oh my god, we need to get you to the hospital." Yeah, she had her arm in a cast for a while and still came to class and still kicked ass with that cast. And people found out what it was like to get smacked with a cast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, your your whole thing about, like, telling the telling the doctor, hey, I'm fine, when you just want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a call. Let's go ahead and take a call. We've got area code 682. 682. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Area code 682. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Talk area TV. Hello. Area code 682. We can't hear you. Yeah, it's me. Hey, hi, me. Yeah, this is George. What's up? Oh, hey, hi. What's up, George? <laughs> What's up, George? What's up? What's up, guys? The um. Hold on a second here. Okay. All right. Um, the only injury that I can remember, I was uh, in Germany, and uh, I was at a tournament there. And they had all the black belts. I was one of the black belts that was there, and they had us uh, referee the sparring for the tournaments. So I was mm-hmm. in there refereeing, and they had this uh, one kid. His his, uh, his master was, uh, I, I think he was Korean, didn't speak a word of English. The kid was Turkish. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they communicated back and forth, but that's the way it was. And this kid was unbelievable in the sparring. Like uh, when the uh, referee was going to say Kumite on coup, this kid was already in the air doing a back fist and getting a point like within a half a second uh, mm-hmm. in the fight, right? Well, okay. he, he's, progressing, he's progressing through the tournament pretty well. 
and he gets to this one guy who was he was like a, had him by like good, a good foot. The kid was like maybe five foot seven, and this German kid was like six foot three, six foot four. And okay. the German kid was pissed off because this this Turkish kid was going through all of his friends throughout the tournament. So the German kid, as soon as the uh, referee says Kumite, the kid's up in the air getting ready to do a back fist. The German kid just grabs him, throws him down on the ground, and starts wailing on him. All right. Mm-hmm. And they had they had a um, a rule in this tournament that if you draw blood, you're disqualified. Right. So, Dang. and basically, basically the, the, this German kid basically broke this kid's nose like five different ways. There's blood all over the place. So the German Ew. kid was was disqualified. He's walking off. He's walking off the mat with a big smile on his face. And then uh-huh. uh, referee tells the Jer- Turkish kid, "Go to your sensei, and uh, we'll see if if you can come back." So the sensei mm-hmm. got his uh, nose to stop bleeding, and so what? he's back for his uh, finals match. And so as they're getting ready to fight, this little trickle of blood comes down his nose, and the referee mm-hmm. says, "Hold on a second. Uh, you can't fight because your nose is still bleeding." And and to look at his nose, you could obviously tell it was broken. It was like going three different directions, you know. <laughs> And right. uh, so the referee was telling the kid, I'm sorry, you can't fight. I'm sorry, you can't fight. And the kid goes, I want to fight. I want to fight. I'm sorry, you can't fight. You're bleeding. The kid walk, takes two steps off the mat, goes to his nose, and you can hear his nose going, and he just blows his nose on both sides, both nostrils, to try to get rid of all the blood that's in there. And uh-huh. you just hear the nose going, going back and forth. And he jumps back in the match. All right, I'm ready to fight now. And, and the guy he's fight, about ready to fight looks like he's basically shitting bricks. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to fight this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's going to kill me, you know. <laughs> but it was like, that was just amazing just to watch, you know. Wow. So this, this wasn't your injury. This was something. Oh, no, 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 no. This wasn't my injury. No. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Well, I, I was just watching this kid, you know, and you know, cool. and the pain of the broken nose wasn't even registering at all on his head. Dang. Well, what the what injuries have you gotten? I mean, you know, you did taekwondo. You had to have gotten some injuries. Oh, let's see. Um, I was doing a breaking demonstration, and. Um, and so I, I had uh, these, uh, like, like clay roofing tiles. Mm-hmm. And it's all right, fine, all right. All right, I want you to hold this one here, and I want you to hold this one here. I'm going to go ahead and put a blindfold on my face, and I'll go ahead. And I, I put them just the right place, so I was going to go ahead and break them with uh-huh. two straight punches. No problem, right? Well, right. Um, they were set perfectly for to for me to break them with the front punches, but as I went in to 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 punch, one of them broke for no problem. This yep, the the one on the uh, left side, uh, the person who was holding the uh, the roofing tile, took it in into his own head to say, well, if I push the, uh, the roofing tile into his hand, it will break easier. Right. 
So in doing so, the roofing tile was not where I had placed it because I was blindfolded, so I didn't know where this roofing tile was. So it was not where I placed it. It was like a good six inches further in. So Uh my hand did not hit the roofing tile the correct way. So I ended up breaking two fingers, and one of the knuckles on my left hand is like permanently, you know, higher than the rest of the knuckles, basically. Oh, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that reminds me, the... the (laughs) One of the funniest but, like, I guess ugliest injuries I ever had was not even martial arts related. It was it was work related. I was working at a working at a uh, restaurant. <clears throat> I was working for Shakey's Pizza, and uh, that's when I found out that there's a reason why they have a guard on the dough rollers, so that way it only oh. a certain oh. amount of dough at any time. Yeah, well, you know, it only let through like maybe twenty pounds of dough at any time. I was in a hurry. I'm like, I need, I need like a hundred skins right now. So I took the guard off, and I just <laughs> including Lucy's skin. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting like fifty pounds of stuff through there at once, you know. Yeah, I put fifty pounds of dough up there, and it got stuck because there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of flour on it. It just got stuck spinning, and it wasn't moving in. It wasn't feeding right it was the rollers were just rolling right so um i've got like some thing here to kind of illustrate what happened so there's another roller down here right so it's kind of like it's kind of like this you know with the dough rollers and they roll like this right well i was trying to push the dough through and it's rolling it's doing its rolling thing trying to push the dough through and the dough finally caught and the the rollers were stuck at like thick crust level, which was like, or not thin crust level, I should say, which is about this far apart. And my hand got caught in there like that. And it was, it's spinning. It's this, and it's got the dough. I got the dough underneath, which is more pressure. And the rollers are spinning and I'm freaking out. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Cause I'm like, I'm like this. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like trying to reach the, the off button, which is just out of my reach. So I'm all like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's rolling. And I finally turned it off, and I took the took the rollers off. And I swear to gosh, my hand was in the shape of the roller, the same angle. And I thought for sure I had broken something. Yeah, and, uh, that's not good. Yeah. And all the skin and the, on the back of my hand had had accordioned down to my wrist and I turned my hand over and that's actually where it split right through here in the palm because it was stretched out this way. So it split and, uh, and these two fingers broke. Uh, actually they, when they, when they broke, they, they, they were just like, you know, little fractures. I didn't actually break, break them. Right. But this knuckle, this middle knuckle right here. So like stress fractures. Yeah. But this knuckle here, the middle knuckle on my right hand, is kind of crushed. So to this day, I have permanent adhesion on there. I don't know if you guys can see. But all the skin on all my other knuckles moves around freely, except for the middle knuckle. I can, like, push, like, on the skin there. 
stops all around it because it's stuck. The the fascia is stuck there, and yeah, and it's noticeably bigger than the knuckle lump. And uh, let's just say I know when it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> so in Seattle, you heard all the time. I heard all the time. Well, it's at, unless it's like spring or summer. In the summer, I'm great. But like you know, days like today, and sometimes I can actually hear it make that noise. Like kind of weird. But, so. <laughs> So that 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 was one of the ugliest injuries I had. And what I did is I took a towel and I put it over, and I ran out to the front and I went up to the uh, assistant manager, and I said, "Hey, uh, I I, I kind of hurt myself back there," and he's like, "Oh, you need a band aid? They're 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 in the they're in the office." I'm like, "Um, no," and I went like this, and he goes, "Oh my God!" and he picked me up. He literally picked me up. Lance is this big hulking guy. He picked me up and he ran me into the back room and and threw on threw on the mop sink water and put my hand in there and I'm like oh my god and it was like you know warm water on on raw skin you know ah and not I, good oh, yeah. yeah so I like I was like get <laughs> oh. off me get, get off me you know and I was like god damn it out to every cuss word that came out of that back room that people could hear <laughs> came out of my mouth. <laughs> That hurt, but what uh, what I did because I was just being stupid, and uh, and I knew that L and I probably wasn't going to honor my claim because I made the choice to take the safety apparatus off. So probably not. Yeah, yeah probably not. Yeah. So I you just gotta let that go. <laughs> Yeah, so I took the skin and I unaccordioned it and patted it over the, patted it over my uh, my hand, and put a big gauze dressing on it and wrapped my hand up really good and I continued rolling dough, but for like a week, <laughs> this is all I could do with my hand. I'm, so, I'm sitting there rolling dough and and you know with the rolling pin, but I couldn't close my fingers, right? Because it hurt Aww. so much. <laughs> and. But after a while, I got mobility back, and it healed up really good. There's no, uh, there's no, uh, there's really no evidence of anything that happened, except there's this, this one little dot, little tiny dot underneath my knuckle, discolored dot that kind of reminds me of where everything attached when it started to heal, and that's it. So, you know, the wonders of coconut oil and stuff like that. So, anyway... Yuck. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, Rusty, can we take another call? We got we yes, got somebody else to press one. Okay, let me get back here. All right. So we've got area code 417. 417, you are on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who are we speaking with? Hey, Rusty Hello? and Robert, it's Tony. Hey, Hey, Tony. Tony. It's been a while. How you doing? Yes, it has. I'm doing great. Yeah. How about you? Really good. Doing what do you well, think, man? Friend. Well, I saw that this one was about martial arts injuries, and oh boy, have I got a doozy for you. Okay, let's oh, hear let's it. Hear. Okay. Let's hear well, it. Well, you you know how normally they tell you, you know, don't go out of your element. 
uh, no matter what it is that you're doing, you know, if you're not prepared for it, don't go out of your element. Well, I wasn't prepared for it. I had a, a student of mine who was a very good friend of mine, a very gifted student, in fact. And he was gifted in, not in Kento, he was really gifted in Taekwondo. Now, oh, nice. I took Taekwondo really early on. Like at age seven, I was taking Taekwondo. And I did the dumb thing of watching him jump up and spin kick and do all these beautiful kicks and stuff that kept me at a distance, even though I was sparring with him in class. I was just mm-hmm. thinking, you know, surely I can still do that kind of thing. Uh-oh. Thank God. I've got all the gumption <laughs> is, in the is, world, you know. Is this one of those holes of my, hold yeah. my beer? Hold my right. beer moment. Is, right. <laughs> yes. So I jumped up in the air and I did what I thought was going to be like one of the greatest moves in the world. I did a jump spinning back kick that uh-huh. I knew what I was going to have to do when I hit him with it because it actually landed, which first surprised me. I actually <laughs> caught him with it. Oh, wow. And then I landed on the same foot that I kicked with. So I was super proud of myself. But oh, nice. never That's just about had an injury and your whole body goes, nope, nope, let it go. Nope, you don't got this. Nope, this is yep. not how it's going to work out. Well, that's what my body was doing. As I had landed that ever so beautifully on our matted floor, my whole body was screaming. And all of a sudden, there was this wicked, nasty snap out of my foot. And sure enough, I had broken Yikes. the metatarsal right behind my pinky toe Ooh. because of doing that move. And I did it just right and just everything except for the landing. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget it because he, he walks up to me. See, his name is Dennis Davis. And he walks up to me and he says, uh, oh, you just located it. Let me pull on it. I said, you touch this and I'll pull on your pecker, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it is not dislocated. Oh, it was searing pain. I knew it wasn't dislocated. Pull on your pecker, sir. (laughs) That's right. I said that right to him. We're going to have to remember that. Sure enough, we went to the hospital over that one, and of course it was, in fact, broken angularly, so they really hated me. Had to put pins in it the whole nine yards, but that one, that was probably one of my favorite breaks. Oh, my God. I know, Oh, my God. So, um, some, let's see here. Somebody, somebody commented with I forgot who it was. Oh, it was Joe Franklin. Joe Franklin says, "I hear a Jean Claude, Jean Claude, ouch!" And in my head, yeah. I'm saying, "Dude, that's a Jean Claude Van Damme." That's exactly <laughs> what went through my head. Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Now, one of my most unfavored ones, if you have time for one more. Of course. Was uh, sparring my stepdad, Master Matassa. And have you ever taken a left when you should have taken a right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I'm fairly certain that almost everybody has, yes. And I stepped incorrectly. I stepped to my left. He was coming in with a left hammer fist which would have hurt. Don't get me wrong. It really would have hurt because he would have hit me right in the forehead with it. 
But as it turns out, I stepped and I dropped from a neutral bow into a forward bow and I was shooting my right punch, which was going to go up and underneath his hammer fist. Do you see the problem here yet? Oh, no. <laughs> no? Well, it hit me right no, I mean, I don't know the point. I see the problem. I see the problem, and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. my God. Okay. Clavicle <laughs> driving the point of the clavicle right through my chest bone, right oh. right through the uh, the cartilage uh, there. Uh, ripped it right out of there just beautifully. Yeah, I, oh, uh, I, I became God. rather unconscious then unconscious. as that ended. <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot of that. I remember the hospital and everything else, but not not really right after that hit. I, I don't remember much of anything. Oh, my God. That was my least favorite break. Lord, through yeah, that your... That doesn't oh. sound like fun yes. at all. Yes. No, it was not. It ripped it, it, ripped it right through the, 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 the um, sternum. It went... It ripped out of where it connects to the sternum and went mm-hmm. right into it. Oh, it was terrible. Oh. It was absolutely terrible. And you'll figure that's, that's, the, that's the right side, so that's the exact same one that I that I somewhat recently tore my, my shoulder apart in when I was mm-hmm. lifting. But, yeah, that, uh, that one I will never forget because you mentioned earlier about feeling the weather. Yeah, imagine feeling that straight down the middle of your chest because that's exactly no how thanks. I feel with colder and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's no fun. It's like, ah, oh, we're in for some no weather. No thanks. Yeah, right? <laughs> so Eric, Eric Smith writes in, and he says that he's broken hands, fingers, toes, feet, ribs, jaw, lost three teeth. Um Ow. Yeah, I know, right? Roger Lowe. I have a tooth wash from a from a student of mine as well. He he literally exploded it. I was uh, teaching depth with back knuckles, and his middle knuckle hit the molar that's right behind your eye tooth, you, or your canine oh, tooth yeah. rather, and just uh-huh. blew that thing completely out of there. I mean, it was gone. Ew. I know, right? <laughs> I spat it out and said, "Okay, let's go." And he goes, "No, you're gonna kill me." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had gone like almost 20 years, almost 20 years without ever getting a black eye. I mean, I had like sprained ankles, broken ankles, broken fingers, broken wrists, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I'd never gotten a black eye until wow. really? black belt. Yeah, never. Ever, 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 ever. Man, I've gotten kicked. I can't begin side to tell you how many black eyes. Yeah, same here. I look like a raccoon going to school. Yeah, I I just got lucky. I just got lucky. I've been kicked upside the head, but I'd never gotten a black eye until one of my black belts, Kenny, hit me. I was explaining something, and he was really good at 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 acting out the what ifs, right? So if I said well, you want to make sure that this hand is here in case he does whatever, right? And he actually, he was a, such a good listener that he demonstrated what could happen if I put my hand down. But we were oh, we no. were going a fast, and he just goes, bump, and just like, bump, you know, and my head goes, you know, snapping back. And I went, wow, okay, all right, whatever. And so I kept teaching, but I could see out of the corner of my eye, well, the bottom of my eye, I guess, 
the the tissue underneath my eye, I could start to yeah. see it. Yeah, you can see it swelling. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a problem. I know. I'm like, why am I seeing this? Right. It's like in my field of vision. So after we get done, everyone else is just sitting, sitting there listening intently. And then they're all kind of like looking at the ground and looking at me and looking at the ground. I go into the bathroom and find that my eye at that point was already like swollen shut. <laughs> I was like, what the oh. heck? And Kenny goes, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay, par for the course. I guess I should just keep my hands up, even though I'm trying to demonstrate this is what you don't want to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wow, you did a great job of that. I did, yeah. And I had a black eye for a week, and I had to go to work. And at the time, I was working... Working security for Bristol Myers Squibb. I was the front desk, right? So, oh, <laughs> not good. <laughs> so there I am, my in my blazer and my tie and this and that and the other with this, with this black eye, and I had blazer no and a tie and a black eye. Yeah, that's I'll right. Bet you that and whole I had day no... you were saying you should have seen the other guy. Yeah, well, you know, I had no cool story to tell. It wasn't like, oh, somebody tried to get through the tried to get through the front some, you know, animal activist tried to get through the front doors and he got through the first one and I had to go out there and knock his ass out. It wasn't like that. <laughs> you know, I I I let my guard down and let one of my best black belts punch me in the eye as hard as he could. And it was like, really? God, you know, when I would go to work with black eyes, I was waiting tables, and finally, one one waitress comes up to me, and she goes, uh-oh. What? Oh. Hello? Finally, a, yeah, waitress, you're there. a waitress comes up to me, and she says, honey, is your boyfriend beating on you? Because I would <laughs> always go to work with black eyes and fat lips and... <laughs> I was about to yeah, ask no, if, it, if that I, happened I, to you guys. Same here. Oh yeah. I've never had anyone ask me. I've never had anyone ask me, me personally, if a significant other was beating on me or anything like that. <clears throat> but you know. Yeah, but I had front... a lot of black eyes and. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. But today, Rusty, yeah. they'd be calling the police, and you'd be getting interviewed, and all this other crap in today's <laughs> market. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. But yeah, do we have anyone else on on hold here, Bob? No, we're fine. All right. So we have about mm, just a little over fifteen minutes left to our broadcast. So if you'd like to tell us about your injuries and how you dealt with them and how it affects you and how it affected your lifestyle or training, if it did, give us a call, 347-677-0699. The number's right down there. All right. So I, the, the injury that Kat was talking about regarding my spine, oh, my gosh. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like... Sometimes just the weirdest movements will just take you out. Like one time I like tore a tendon in my ankle all the way up to my calf just by taking a step. Just a step. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, your ankle just That's goes some wonky way. Yeah. You just go some wonky way. And, you know, my uh, my friend Cheryl, she completely like like 
ruptured a disc or something like that, some weird thing like that, ruptured a disc by taking a pizza out of the oven when she worked at Domino. She took a pizza out of the top oven and went to go turn and put it on a table to cut it, and her back went out. And she was out for weeks. Just and she couldn't walk and this and that and the other. And um, you know, and I've did the same thing, just step off a curb and all of a sudden I've got like three weeks of back pain that won't let you sleep, that makes you cry at night, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, the worst injury that I ever had didn't really result in instantaneous pain. It was a movement that I'd done countless times before and landed safely countless of times before um, and did um, with a, with amazing accuracy at least, you know, for the five other national championships that I that I went for in uh, wushu forms. It was, a, it was something called a, a falling whirlwind. So for those of you that know how to do a jumping, spinning whirlwind kick, it's kind of like that. but you have to gain distance and you have to go horizontal. So if you imagine the jumping, spinning um, inside wheel kick, and, well, I I can't explain it, but basically I have to look at the sky and then I have to look at the ground. That's kind of how it works. So it's kind of like an upside-down butterfly kick, if you're familiar with Wushu. Um, But anyway... You have to jump and do this flying whirlwind kick horizontal, and you have to, like, lay out kind of like a flying sidekick, right? (laughs) I'm trying to demonstrate this on the camera, but I can't do it. So you have to lay out like you're doing a flying sidekick, and then you have to take a break fall. Boop, like that. And then you get on your back, slap the ground, come up with a kip up, and then I go on with the rest of the form, right? Well, this particular time, what, what was that, Bob? Nothing. Oh, I thought you said something. No. Well, this particular time, um, we were working on a stage, and it was at the um, Jewish Community Center. And the stage was really, it was hard. It wasn't, like, sprung, like, like other stages, like, find in high school and stuff like that. I don't know what was on the stage, but it was, like, soft, like, And <clears throat> this particular show was a show that was going to benefit Wushu into the Olympics. This was, uh, this was one of the um, pushes by the USAWKF uh, to make Wushu an Olympic sport. And it was a sold-out event. And, uh, you know, Master Hong was, had, uh, had me announced as, you know, however many, you know, world forms cha- or national forms champions. So I had to come out there and look good, right? So I go out there. I'm jacked up on adrenaline because I, I want to high fly. I'm like, I'm going to get up off the ground. I'm going to get like 10 feet off the ground, damn it, with this flying rolling stick. So I, I do it, and I don't get 10 feet off the ground. But when I landed, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't land the way I normally did. Normally, I'll land... A millisecond first with my with my right foot, and a millisecond with my hands, just so I can, um, you know, kind of pad the fall a little bit. That didn't happen. I just landed, boom, and I got up, did my kip up, did the rest of the form, and and I thought, wow, that really hurts. It burns, right? It it burnt, but it didn't hurt. 
it was like a heartburn in a way, if that makes any sense, right? I'm like, that that's that's uncomfortable. So I thought maybe I got, you know, stage rash or something, road rash. Um, well, anyway, I get done with the forum, and I'm waiting in the back for the next routine that I'm going to do, and there's like three or four forums in between. And I'm leaning up against the wall going, oh, my God, what's going on? That that burns. And, uh, and I started to notice that my hands weren't working right. I was like, what's going on? I'm looking at my hands, and I'm going like this, but I can't feel them open and close. I can feel the pressure up against my palms, but I couldn't feel them open and close. And I thought, well, that's weird. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> they were kind of tingly, too. So I, I go and I do um, the southern staff. I go out there and I start the farm and I realize halfway through, oh, my God, I can't hold the staff. So I had to end it early. And uh, I went in the back and I'm starting to worry at this point. I, I was thinking to myself, what's going on? Because, I don't know, it felt like, it felt like you, you know that feeling you guys when, I don't know if it happens for everyone, but when you first wake up in the morning and you and and you try to use your hands like to open a jar or something, and they're just not working. Does that ever happen to you guys, or is it? Oh yeah, me? I know exactly what. That's oh yeah, like. yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, that's what it felt like. They're they're just not working, and they felt kind of weak, and I was just like, "What's going on?" Well, the next form I was going to do was was sword, was southern sword. So I go out there, and I'm still rah, 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 screaming and yelling and doing my thing, and. Again, I get halfway through, and there's this spinning movement where you have to take the sword and spin the S-guard around your thumb. And when I went to go start it, my arm felt like wonky, and I thought, oh, my God, am I going to drop the sword? I caught it, and, you know, I kept going, and I thought, that's it. I, ha- I have to end. I can't, I, can't, I can't hold the sword anymore with either hand. So I ended and went into the back room, and Master Hung comes up to me, and she says, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. I think I, I can't. I can't feel my hands. And she like grabs them and she looks at them. And I'm like, I couldn't feel that either, right? And I'm like, uh, what's going on? So she's like, Oh my goodness. So you just rest. You just rest. So anyway, uh, everyone did their thing. It was a great performance. After party, everything. I come home and I'm sitting in a recliner. And then a friend comes over, and I went to go answer the door, and when I got up, I couldn't feel my feet, so I'm all like, so I fall on the ground. I'm like, what's going on? So I get up, and I walk to the door and let my friend in, and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. My feet are asleep or something. So I stayed standing for about half an hour, waiting for the blood to come back to my legs, and nothing. It was doughy. My legs felt doughy. Hands felt boy, and I went. Well, okay, must have been must have been that fall or something. I'll I'll go see the chiropractor in the morning. Woke up, feel my hands, couldn't feel my feet. I started to work, and but I could move everything else. I could move my arms, I could move my legs, I couldn't feel my hands and my feet. My scalp started to tingle. Went to the chiropractor, saw him for about two weeks, and he finally the words that he said kind of kind of chilled me. He goes, "So rusty." Um do you have insurance? And I said, what? And he said, I really think you need to see a neurologist because this isn't helping. And you still can't feel your hands and you've got like all this weird neuropathy. I think you need to see a neurologist. So I did. 
and uh, they took every test that they could, and they couldn't figure out anything that was wrong with my back. They took a spinal tap. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> no yuck. They, they, yeah, they took a spinal tap to test my uh, my spinal fluid. Uh, they did a CAT scan and and an MRI to check for tumors anywhere up and down in my brain or in my spine or whatever. They did strength tests and muscle tests and you know electronic muscle blah 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 and all just a ton of tests and they could not find one thing wrong. But my neurologist surmised that since there was two weeks or two or three weeks between the injury and actually seeing her, she surmised that I bruised my spinal cord, but that the initial swelling had gone down and they couldn't see any evidence of the injury, but the damage was done. And she explained to me that there's a possibility that the way I took the fall, I had subluxated my spine. So when I fell, I went doink with my spine, literally separated vertebrae, and then they kind of went back into place. Um, but that will kink, that will kink uh, your spinal cord, kind of like this, right? And um, so, and I asked her well, how long until this heals up, and she said. You know, to tell you the truth, with an injury like this, we don't know. It could be two months, could be two years. And I went, what? And she was right. It was two years, two years of dealing with having to teach myself how to walk so my toes wouldn't roll under because I couldn't feel my feet. Um, My Tai Chi instructor, Master Hong, suggested that I really focus on Tai Chi and not do Wushu at all during that time and I was I was really pissed off about that and disappointed because I was training for um, the last world championship that I was going to compete in and I was going to retire and that was going to be my last hurrah right and I couldn't do it anymore I was kind of pissed um, but you know what can you do right when you can't feel your feet <laughs> so so yeah two years of um acupuncture and acupressure and massage and not feeling my feet, teaching myself how to walk and, and uh, yeah. And pain. There, there was pain after that. My leg, my upper, my upper leg near my butt um, hurt all the time, all the time. Like made me cry type of thing. Sciatic nerves. Yeah, it was it, basically that's what it was. It was sciatica for like two years, um, and I go through but, that every day. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, it sucked. And literally one day I woke up and the pain was gone. But to this day, though, if I, I mean, I, I mean, I can like take you know small falls and stuff like that. If you know people sweep me and stuff like that. But if I fall wrong or something like that. Um, I can feel it in my fingers and I can feel it in my feet, but it goes away after a couple of days. Um, and it's not as bad and it doesn't hurt like the incredible neuropathy that I had for, for two years. Um, but, or if I sit wrong or if I sleep wrong, then I'll wake up with my fingers tingling and, and I just got to, you know, stretch and work it out and I'm fine. But yeah, it's just crazy, crazy crap. <laughs> crazy crap. 
walking around when you can't feel your feet. That's the, yeah. It was disconcerting. Hard to function that way. Well, Well, what's worse, though, is that once that happens, you know, you, and then if you, like, take, like like, a small fall or something like that, and your fingers start getting a little tingly, in the back of your head, you're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, it's going to happen again. Yes. Exactly. Right. Exactly. There's there's always just that little smidgen of, of oh, my God, did I fall just hard enough again? You know, um, I mean, so far I've been lucky. You know, this happened in the uh, early 2000s, like 2002, 2003. Um, what was it? Yeah, something like that. Um, I know it was before... 2007 but I think it was like 2002 um but yeah but after but just that injury it you know it's funny how it still affects me and it's like 10 15 years later or something like that right wait 2003 yeah so 14 years yeah yeah so it still you know affects me to a certain certain extent and uh you know, come like right now, I've been sitting too long and I have to stand up. <laughs> right. You know, I have a calf injury that's a lot like that. I, I tore it cross fiber. And the only thing that uh-huh. saved my leg, literally, was um, a physical therapist had just opened up his practice right when I was turning pro. And that's when I tore it. And, um, you know, I was sparring with this 200-pound guy, and I, you know, I weighed like 118. And I went to kick him, and he checked it, and so my tibialis muscle hit it, but that tore my calf muscle in the back. I know another one, another weird tear, right? Like the compression break in the ribs. It, the whole side yeah. of my calf muscle was just ripped. And uh, when uh, I when I stepped down, I, you know, my coach looked at me and he goes well, are you hurt or are you injured? And I said, I don't know, because it hurts so bad. And he goes, well, shake it off and and then get back in. So I shook it off and I got back in. And I pushed off to throw a right cross and I hear this huge pop in my calf. And I knew, I knew what happened the very moment I heard it. And he looked at me and he goes, oh my God, did that happen? And I said, yeah. And I, I was so angry, I just left the gym and walked home, <laughs> got in oh, my car. Walked you know, home I, with a cobbled torn cap, cobbled home. No, I, I freaking walked home. I didn't hobble. I was so pissed. Aww. I was forcing myself to walk heel toe, walk the way I normally walk. I was forcing myself to do that because I was so just angry. And, right. of course, that didn't help. But it took it took probably like you – almost two years for it to heal. And I had to, the only thing that saved my leg was that one physical therapist who offered to work with me in exchange for advertising his gym, you know, to promoting his gym. But he put me in an underwater treadmill. He did ultrasound. He did stem, I mean, uh, muscle stem therapy. I mean, he did everything you can imagine. He did it. And it was the only thing that saved my leg. Oh, dang. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have become a five-time world champion. I I owe that guy a huge thank you should I ever see him again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A torn... torn, Yeah, it's like when I tore it again last year. I did the same thing, hiking up in Yosemite. 
on the second yeah. day of the six-day hike, I, I tore it pretty close to the same place. And I just rubbed it out, wrapped it up, did it again. I just kept hiking anyway. And I wasn't, you know, I paid $1,000 for that trip. I wasn't going to skip it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, I came all the way out here to China to compete in this. I can't quit. I've got like a 104 <laughs> degree temperature. Yeah. That's right. It's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing what yeah. the mind Amazing what the mind does. Um, I've got one more injury. I had torn my hamstring where it like attaches near your butt. Oh, I had insertion point. Yes. I had torn it the first day of the wushu classes that I took over for my Sifu. My Sifu was retiring from wushu to take care of her kids, and she gave me her whole student body, and they came to my school. And trained with me. And that first day, I went to go do a front stretch kick. And, you know, it, it had been a while. You know, I was trying to work my way back up to uh, back up the par after healing from the back injury. You know, and I'd been stretching and stuff like that. But that first day, I was, like, really pumped. There was, like, 30 people doing wushu with me. And I went to go do a front stretch kick. And I felt my, my, my shin touch my forehead like like it used to but then when I put my foot down I knew that I had ripped it and I for a split second I couldn't put any weight on it and I actually couldn't walk because any when I rolled my weight off of my right right my right leg I was like oh my god that really hurts so I literally just kind of sat down felt well I fell over sat down and I'm like as you were and they're like doing their kicks, woo, woo, you know. And I, I knew I'm like, you're so stupid. In my head, I'm thinking, you're stupid. You're stupid. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? You're thinking that you're like what twenty something again? Let's get that leg up by your forehead. And yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you've been all out for like three years. What do you think you're doing, girl? So chalk that one up to stupidity on my part. Yeah. But I did yeah. I did one of those. Yeah. I was teaching <laughs> well, I a bodyguard. What's oh, that? go ahead. I said I have one that's pretty hairy. It's not really martial arts, but in a way it kind of is cuz I was a locomotive engineer for the Missouri Northern Arkansas Railroad here in, in town. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds like locomotive engineer means you're going to be somewhat safe, but actually this is a short line railroad. So what that means is that if you're with somebody who has more seniority than you, then you're the conductor and work in the ground. And I just so right. happen to be working on the ground. This is the night that I actually received my back injury that put me on the disabled list. I was mm-hmm. walking along, checking my cars and getting the air to them and checking, uh, kicking off handbrakes and stuff like that. And, uh, three of them got away from me mm-hmm. in, a, in a little block. So I jumped on the back of one of the cars, pulled myself up, started tying the handbrake as the first of the three went over the derail. And then so did the second oh. one. And when I seen the second one do it, I did a dive, tuck, and roll off of the rail car. And it come up from said dive, tuck, and roll into a dead run, which point just as I had cleared a decent amount of distance I felt felt the grains that was in that rail car hitting the back of my legs 
So I missed mm-hmm. a 130 ton squishy poop. I, I don't know how much, but I felt the grain. So, <laughs> and very much like you, Dang. the next morning, I mean, this was at three o'clock in the morning, cloudy night, not, not a star in the sky, pitch black everywhere. So, you know, I didn't know what I hit, landed on, anything like that. I just knew that, you know, I seemed okay. And I went home, and by the time I got home, it was around 7. And I felt okay, but I was still upset. So I put, uh, uh, what was it, 185 on a bar and did some bent-over rows just to see if I could wear myself out. Now, 185 is nothing. At the time, I was doing that with 315. And uh-huh. I did the one eight. I did that one eighty five with just perfection. I mean, I brought it up, held it for two seconds, dropped it down, left it down for two seconds, brought it up, held it for two seconds. Anywho, I went to bed, and I had taken my shower. I went to bed. I was mad at myself. I was pretty sure that I was going to receive some downtime for that because when you do something like that on the railroad, they don't fire you. They just basically fire you for a week or two. Uh-huh. And so I was expecting the downtime anyway, but I also knew that I would have to be under investigation, so I knew I'd have at least one more day of work. So I went to bed, and I got my phone call, which is hilarious because it's Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train was my uh, my ringtone for the M&A. Uh-huh. I answered the phone. I was talking to him just fine. I didn't know anything was wrong whatsoever. Felt okay, I guess. I was still a little upset. I hung up the phone and I went to get out of bed and my legs wouldn't move. Oh no! Uh-oh. I mean at all. Not good. I mean, as in I didn't not feel good. nothing. Yeah, my legs did not move at all. I called the dispatcher back and I said, "Hey, uh, I have a problem." She's like, "Okay, what's my, what's wrong?" I said, "My legs won't move, but I'm not reporting to work today. My legs will not move." I said, uh, it's, it's like they're asleep or something. I can't feel a thing in my legs. And so, of course, I went to the hospital, and uh, I had done major damage to L4, L5 discs plus the bone oh, and everything. I had completely messed all that area up. And I had to wait a further three years before they were ready for a potential operation that I was going to have because everything was so messed up. And uh, to their credit, the M&A kept me on and active for a year when they were supposed to boot me off within four months of an injury. But they kept me on and active for an entire year because of, you know, what was going on. And they knew that if they let go of me, then I would have no insurance whatsoever. Yeah. And so I got to give them credit for that. But, yeah, uh, that that is what led to my being disabled. And uh, every morning it's the same thing. I still feel the radiating pain all the way down to the heels on both legs. And there's nothing they can do for it. I was told that within three years I would be in a wheelchair, that all of that would just kind of crumble in. Yep. That all of that would just kind of crumble in and I'd be in a wheelchair here it is six years later, and I'm not in a wheelchair. Yay! That's right. <laughs> That's and right. you won't be. Uh, no, yeah. I will not. I, I refuse yeah. to go. And I, I told my doctor that, too. I said, you don't understand how stubborn I am, and you don't understand my God if you think that I'm going to just lay down and do nothing. <laughs> because 
That's, That's actually right. what she told me to do. She had put me on so much medication. She put me on uh, hydrocodone that was so strong that it was what? big, huge, speckled horse pills. And then oh, uh, muscle relaxers, the strongest muscle relaxers you can get, and then Xanax on top of that. I couldn't be anybody. I was literally just falling asleep. I would get out of bed. I would get up. Sometimes I would get up. Other times I couldn't. I couldn't get out of bed. But I would get out of bed. I'd get up. I'd make it to my chair, which was an ordeal and a half. I'd take those pills, and then I'd wake up sometime at about 5 o'clock at night. Wow. And that was my every single day for two and a half years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's, I asked that's my doctor, terrible. I said, what can I do about this? I can't be dad back, like, beyond this stuff like this. What is, is there an alternative? She goes, honestly, I didn't expect you to stick around this long. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, not not to seem mean or anything, but I thought you'd have probably done something bad to yourself because you're you're a very active person, and now you're just stuck laying around the house not able to do anything. She goes, there's nothing you can do. You have to take these pain meds, and you have to take this, and you have to take that. And I, went, I don't have to do anything. I said, uh, I'll be quitting these pain meds and all this other stuff, and, and I'll, I'll get myself off of this. And she goes, you're hooked by now. There's no way you can. Eh, watch me. And I did. I put them down. And I never picked them back up again. There you go. Yep. I refuse to not be dad. There you go. Yes. We have one more caller that has been waiting so patiently, and we're running overtime. So we're going to oh, wow. take one more caller and let's uh, let's see what's up. So caller area code two seven zero. Two seven zero. You are on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who are you speaking with? Hey, it's Janie. How y'all doing? Hey, Janie. Hey, thanks Janie. for being so patient, girl. <laughs> oh, hey, no problem. Not that I kind of lost track of time. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> should it be. It's like almost eight ten. So. <laughs> oh, sure. it's it's eleven oh nine here. I was I didn't have to go into work today because I take my daughter into the urgent care, but. So I'm just uh, kind of enjoying how, myself right now. <laughs> how did that? How did that okay, turn good. out? How did everything? How did everything turn out? Uh, With, she turned uh, out okay. Yeah. She, uh, she has oh, a good, she has good. a murmur. Uh, anyway, and yeah. every three years we have to go get her checked out by the cardiologist, and she's uh, learning what adulting's all about since she's turned 18, and so <laughs> uh, I think stress got the better of her. Oh, that happens. Uh, yeah, so I think she's going to be okay. I mean, if she can, if she can kick butt and stuff over as a dojang, I think she can handle a little stress. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear your injuries, there, girl. What injuries do you have? I'm sure you've got a lot. <laughs> oh well, a lot of just bangs and bruises and people throwing you wrong, you know, because you know I do taekwondo and jujitsu, but you know I got. One guy just likes to throw me wrong because he's got Asperger's and autism, and he just gets a little carried away. But oh, uh, oh man, uh, one was my inspiring. It took me out for a year with my with my leg. I tore my ACL and my meniscus. Um, I like to uh, I like to blitz in with my back leg, especially because most mm-hmm. people are taller than I am. So when mm-hmm. I find an opening, I want to get on their inside so I can reverse punch them and then spin around and hit them with my back elbows. But uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, this one time didn't work out so well for me. Uh, I had my right leg out in fighting stance, and of course, it's not a typical Taekwondo stance. I'm more of a kickboxer stance, but uh, mm-hmm. I went to go blitz, and I thought I picked my foot up in the front, and I didn't. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so I I tore my ACL clean in half and my meniscus. Ah. Yeah, and Damn. I just laid there. Not good. No, I just laid there looking up at everybody, you know, because I think it's funny because I've hurt my knees before playing softball. I took a line drive to one of my knees a couple of times, and I just laid flat out, and I think it's funny how I fall. So... And I'm laying there, and my friends are like, don't touch her. And they're seeing my knees swell up, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I got up. It just felt like I, you know, it felt like I sprained it. Right. right. And uh, so it took me a minute. I got up, and uh, I had to drive the kids home, So and I had a stick shift at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I drove. No, <laughs> no, that sucks. What? Oh, my yeah. God. Why is it that when you break your ankle or something like that, you have to drive a stick shift home? Like the last time I broke my ankle, I had to drive my big old truck with the stiff, with the stiff clutch. It was like you know. <laughs> right. Hey, it's Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh, I got up oh. the next morning and it just felt like it was bruised, and so I got in my bus and I drove my kitties to to school. And, and uh, noticed that it was a little bigger than it was. And so I drove over to my mom's house, and I said, what do you think about this? And she says, I think you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> so I was like, okay. You need to get that checked out. Right. Yeah. I, I would have just ace bandaged it up and just kept going. It wouldn't have bothered me. But, no, he says, uh, no, you're going to have to be in a, in a brace for, like, six months and and then six months after that, too, and I'm like, geez, oh, Pete. So I had the surgery and everything and had that big, beautiful metal brace on. Uh, so I was out of commission for a year. Uh, the minute I got the minute I got cleared, I went right back into training uh, that, that day. <laughs> and uh, oh, only thing I ha- only thing I have to worry about is just uh, it doesn't feel right. It totally right. feels like there's, like, a whole lot of scar tissue underneath it, so I feel grinding and popping all the time. So mm-hmm. I have to adjust some of my forms. And then we have a, a senior belt who likes to go for knees, so I make sure that I don't put this foot forward when I'm fighting with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I remember you yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. stuff that you have to, uh, that you have to modify and, and change up a little bit, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, especially that 360 jump that I have in one of my forms. That's not cool. So I don't do that. I just jump straight up with my, you know, make sure that my knees come to my chest and I come down on a knife hand so I don't have to do the 360. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or we have, yeah. we have, in fact, it's probably the same kata. We have a kata, uh, not in Tachikambo, but in my old karate style, we have a kata that did that. And, yeah, you hit uh-huh. that wrong. And, yeah, that's not going to be fun. Speaking of modifying, right. I have to stand up. <laughs> I got to stand up. I hear that. That happens to me. I told Joey from sitting too long, but yeah. Yeah, and then anyhow, uh, and you and you got more, huh? Tell us, tell us another I just, one. I just, I'll just tell you one more real quick. Uh, it, it's tell dealing with one. the girl that we have. Uh, 
in uh, she's in rehab right now. She got hit. It's the school owner's daughter. She's a three-time world champion with the WKU uh, World Commission uh, Kickboxing Karate and Kickboxing Commission, and mm-hmm. uh, she got hit by a drunk driver uh, last month. And uh, mm-hmm. before she started going on the circuit, they wanted me to to work with her hands and stuff in the boxing part of it. So they put a hula hoop in the middle, and they told us to put her feet in in a closed stance and just go at it. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So mm-hmm. we're sitting there, and I throw my one-two punches, and then a, you know, a three to four, and throw a couple of sixes in there, and she come out with a reverse on her left hand, and I dropped my hand long enough to try and block it. Uh, she came across with a hook and just nailed me right in the nose, and it stunned me for a second because it's the first time she got a clean shot on me. <laughs> And I went to say, good shot. And in the middle of it, my nose just started gushing blood. Oh. And, and we're wearing our white uniform, and it's just everywhere. Oh. And I just said, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to go get a black uniform now. <laughs> and we go bleed to death real quick. Yeah, and it was the first yeah. time. Actually, you're talking about your first time. You got a black eye. That was the first time I ever had a black eye and a broken nose. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. Right? Well, it was the first time for everything. <laughs> it right? suck. It hey, you know what? I've definitely had black eyes and broken noses at the same time. It sucks. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what, folks? We um, have run almost twenty minutes over time, and that's the beauty of Blog Talk Radio. It goes into recording mode, even though that live show on Blog Talk Radio actually ends at the two-hour mark. Uh, but since I have everything running through a mixer, as long as I can hear audio, it's picking up audio for our uh, Facebook live. Although we've had some people saying that there are times when audio completely out. Um, or that only the guests are talking and they can't hear me, or, or what have you. Um, but anyhow, I think uh, I think when people see the actual archived version of the Facebook uh, version, it'll 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 just all be good. So anyway, let's call it a night. And uh, whoo, two and a half hours almost, Bob. It's been a while since we've done that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Kind of nice though. We had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been a good time, and you know, it's been a couple. A lot of, of heavy stories. Had, and yeah, a lot of a lot of great stories. I'm yeah. pretty sure we can sit around, have a beer, and tell more. Well, pretty. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, gonna, a ton more. <laughs> yeah, it was nice listening to you guys after three weeks off. So that was. I enjoyed it. Three? Oh my god, yep. it has been three. Oh my goodness. Yikes. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for for joining us. Um, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Kat, for being awesome co-host. Like, like always. Thanks to everyone that called in. Uh, Tony and George and Janie and all the people. And thank you, Rusty. Uh, yay! Oh, Bob Ross. Yay! Robinson is watching. You missed the show, Bob. Oh, yay. Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob. You missed the show. But watch the watch the whole thing. Um, uh, we need to get always. on again. 
Yeah, I think that would be great. That would be great. But I just want myself to get a hold of you, Bob. I need to remind myself. So, anyway, thanks for thanks for listening for two and a half hours or some diehards that. Uh, oh, look at all the likes coming now. They're all just all coming now. Everybody <laughs> getting hearts. up. Bye. More, more hearts. <laughs> Give me some hearts, folks. Give me some hearts. Give me oh, happy faces. Yes. Give me some wow. We need lots of love, gang. Lots of love. Thank you very much. Lots of love. I see it like you guys got to see this. I don't know if you can see this, but look at all those hearts. Give me some more hearts, folks. Give me some more. Look at all those hearts going like all across the thingy there. Hearts, 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 hearts. That's so cool. <laughs> okay. Well, now that the show is starting to echo, I think it's... um. I think we need to log out. So, bye, everyone. We'll see you all. Well, maybe not next week. I am probably going to be moving next week. I'm moving from one residence to another. So, we'll let everyone know if there's going to be a show or not. But until then, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. So long, everybody. Bye. Bye. Get a jam out for Exit here for a second. Jamming out. Woohoo! Woohoo! Oh, hey! Yay! Love the heart. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Love all you guys. Can't do this show without you. Bye. We're out. Bye, everybody.